Welcome to Lights On Podcast. My name is Mitra Vinesh. I help people who are ready to end their suffering realize that there is a good chance they're living their life in survival mode, no matter what they know and what they own. I also help them to transform their lives, being a survivalist, to becoming an attentionist, a new word and a new way of living and being in the world. Let us take a deep breath, summon our attention, and take a mindful listen together. Normally, my podcast ideas come from my work with my clients or students. However, this episode came about as a result of my conversation with my daughter. We were talking about something, some project I'm working on, and she said, oh, thank God you have a life, mom. And I said, doesn't everyone who is alive? She said, no, many people's lives depend on other people, like their children, their lover, partner, family members, their colleagues, friends, bosses even. And from there, we got even deeper as to why this happens and how often it happens. I'm not going to take you through the same long discussions as we had, but I thought it would be worthwhile to share the gist of our conversation with you. Basically, in the state of fear and survival, my favorite language, and since our attention is outwardly in this state, we look for a sense of meaning and love and value outside of ourselves. We need others to somehow tell us or show us that we are worthy. So we find a person, try to squeeze our worth and our love from and through them. In this state, we overfocus on, it could be anybody, on our children, on our family members, life partner, a lover, or a potential lover. We find somebody and we say, oh, if I can only have this person, I will feel exactly the way I want to feel. And then we make that person the one and only source of our pleasure or worthiness. If that person pays the same amount of attention that we're paying them, or maybe more, or if they behave the way that we want them to behave, in another word, if they too overfocus on us, then we feel good. And when and if they don't, then we feel unworthy and unloved unworthy and unloved and we become even more focused on them you know how that works when we can't have something we want it more and then we become more obsessed with it then this becomes a vicious cycle that takes us to a place of unwellness and imbalance even though in this state we believe our livelihood and happiness is held in the hands of that one person it's good to remember that this is not true. 
And in fact, letting go of over-focusing and obsession frees us to live a healthier life. Of course, you know, this doesn't mean that our love and our care for them goes away. It just means that we broaden our attention and see our many choices for feeling well beyond and beside this one person. Basically, that's what attentionists does. An attentionist sees many, many options in any given situation or in any given relationship. Having said that, of course, I'm not talking about a young child that uh, needs our full attention to survive or even special circumstances. I'm here referring to an ongoing relationship which cannot possibly be sustained at the level of over-focused, unhealthy attention. That is what my daughter was referring to as having a life when she said, I'm glad you have a life. It means when our love becomes our life, then our life becomes limited and dependent on that one person who is the subject of our love. This takes our sovereignty, independence, and their sovereignty and independence away. So if your love is your life, then you need to pay attention to it. Oh, actually, sorry, you need to not pay too much attention to that person and take your attention somewhere else and do something else with it. I shared this insight with a group in a class recently. And of course, um, I expected to receive a lot of objections and some questions. And I picked the three top most common questions that I thought would be helpful for you to also hear. So the first one was, it was an objection, really, not a question. So are you saying we shouldn't love someone deeply? That was the first thing that I heard. And this was... Um, sharing it on different circumstances and different classes and different uh, settings. I, I answered, and this was my answer, that loving someone deeply is very different than obsessing about them. Actually, true love allows freedom and it's not controlling. Sticky obsession, which is an unhealthy and addictive behavior, I meant addictive, not addictive. <laughs> addictive behavior is different than a deep love. A deep love means that you feel a sense of oneness with another human being. But it doesn't mean that you have or seek control or over-focus your attention on them and over them. It just means there is an energy of love and connection between the two of you. The second question that I received was, how do I get a life for myself? This was a confession, actually. Uh, some people said, you're right, I don't have a life. And by the way, um, one particular person said that they go, they jump from obsession from one person to another. And, and let me put a PS here, that obsession could be also uh, a negative one. 
that's another episode, but it doesn't need to be necessarily a love obsession. It could be a hate obsession. But we'll talk about that in another episode, hopefully. So, all right, the question was, how do I get a life for myself? Well, getting a life for ourselves means pursuing our own interest, growth, or contribution. Interest, growth, or contribution. Because no matter what we know or don't know, we can always find things that will add to our sense of well-being, be it something we want to learn about, teach about, or get involved in. And if nothing comes to your mind, please try checking with your heart. (laughs) Recall a time that you felt good about doing something or being a certain way. What was happening around that time for you? How did you end up feeling the way you did? Ask yourself, because that would be a great starting point for you to find out what uh, having a life and creating a life for yourself can feel like. Of course, this doesn't mean that you will recreate exactly the same experience, even though sometimes you may want to, but it just means that you use that feeling as a point of reference to create something new that feeds your deeper self. Because if your food, if your meaning, if your sense of connection comes from within you, that can be sustainable because it doesn't depend on other people or other circumstances. That is something that once you decide and once you summon that and activate that part of yourself, you can reach it. Remember in the beginning of the episode, I say, summon your attention. There is a reason for that gentle invitation. And that means that you have the authority to summon your attention and take it to wherever you want to take it. You are the driver of the vehicle that is called your life. Let me see if there was another question. Yes, there was a third question that might be helpful. The third question was, how do I know, when do I know that I've gone from love and kindness to obsession and addiction? Well, the answer is, please consult with your feelings. Consult with your heart. Because they can let you know, your feelings can let you know whether you are on this side or the other side, because love and kindness feel comfortable and balanced in our body. They feel spacious. It, it feels bigger than where we feel normally. Obsession and addiction actually bring about tension, contractions, and also extreme ups and downs. One minute you're happy because they've done this and that, And next minute, you're very unhappy because they haven't done this and that. So it really can tell you whether your relationship with any given person is love-based or it's obsession-based, whether you're loving them in the state of survival or you're loving them in the state of attention. Because 
basically in survival and fear, we obsess with people as if our life and livelihood depends on them. And in choice and attentionism, we enjoy our feelings of love for another person and allow that to bring about more choices and more connections with more people. Let me move from just names and and speak about the energetic aspect of what happens when we overfocus on one person. Energetically speaking, when we overfocus and zoom on a subject, we basically stop its growth and limit its fulfillment of its unlimited potentiality. Do you hear how important this statement is? So if you truly love someone, you need to let go of your over-focusing because that is what is limiting their potentiality. Whereas in, in survival, this is what's happening. In attention, when we zoom out and set that subject free, they can actually go to their unlimitedness while feeling love. Because you see, in attention, we don't take away our love. We just take away unhealthy, over-focused experience that we are giving them and we're experiencing ourselves. So in doing so, in being in attention, we bring about the same spaciousness and love energy to ourselves. Because remember, what we are so-called giving to people is exactly what we are holding. As my dear teacher Vivekananda used to say, you cannot give what you don't have. So if I'm giving love and I'm giving a sense of freedom and spaciousness and in wanting them to feel love and freedom, then I must be holding the same energy within me and experiencing the same energy as I am offering it to them. A deep subject and a short discussion, but I just thought it might be worthy for me to share this with you. And I think this feels like a good point for me to bring an end to this episode. And until the next episode, I hope that you pay your precious, priceless, beloved attention with attention. Before you leave, please take a deep breath and ask yourself, what lessons and gifts can I take from what I just heard and apply them to my life? If you found and gained something, and if you feel generous and would like to pay it forward, please rate and share Lights On Podcast right away. On behalf of my incredible team, I thank you for your presence.